Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life podcast. My name is Lisa, I'm your host, and in today's episode I'm going to talk about how to turn fat into muscle. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. If you're new to the podcast, please please don't forget to subscribe, to rate it, to share it on your social media. It really is the best way to help me reach more people. So why do I want to talk about turning fat into muscle? Well, this is a super, super common goal that people name when they start working with us or simply um, have questions about. I will preface that by saying that we cannot actually turn fat directly into muscle. They are two very different kinds of tissue and it just doesn't work that way. However, there are three different ways we can go about this. We can lose fat then gain muscle. We can gain muscle, then lose fat, or we can try to do both at the same time, which seems to be most popular these days. It sounds like it would be going the fastest. However, that's actually completely backwards, and I will explain more about that later on. (laughs) Um, I want to explain the first way in a little bit more detail to begin with. So the fat loss phase first, then the muscle gaining phase For whom would I recommend this? I would recommend this for people that are currently a little bit uncomfortable in their body, that potentially have a higher body fat percentage and simply losing a bit of fat is already going to improve their health markers, their well-being, and um, also people that really want to see, need to see more Um, results kind of quickly in order to stay motivated. Uh, I know most people when they fill out their intake forms with us, they say, I I need want to see fast progress. Well, who doesn't, right? But still, there are different kinds of degrees. Some people are more patient than others and others, like some really get very, very demotivated if within two, three weeks, there's absolutely no change. So, you know, if that is you, I would probably start with the fat loss phase. Um, Or also if you're very terrified to see the scale go up, although there are probably some deeper psychological reasons there then that we should kind of dig into a little bit more. And also if it's spring or summer, just from experience, for most people it's easier to do a fat loss phase then um, than you know, putting on muscle and embracing the fact that you're probably going to weigh a little bit more and be uncomfortable from time to time. In summer, we wear looser clothes and um, are just generally a bit more body conscious. Um, It could also just be as simple as a very small cut. Sometimes even a 5% deficit can initiate a little bit of fat loss and really doesn't feel like it's too drastic, especially if you are newer to strength training, just a tiny deficit can even do. If you are completely new to strength training um, or a higher protein diet, then you can most definitely do both at the same time, um, even in a calorie deficit. However, for the majority of people that have been going to the gym, let's say three years or more, a calorie deficit is not going to lend itself well to muscle gain. Again, unless you haven't been training very effectively, and let's say 
maybe you were quote unquote just doing body weight exercises. I know body weight exercises can be difficult too, but still, let's say you have just been doing body weight exercises and now you're starting with actual weights. So even in that instance, you could probably put on muscle while in a calorie deficit. But aside from that, we really need to think about supply and demand. In a fat loss phase or in a calorie deficit, by definition, we are giving the body less than what it needs. Muscle tissue is a very, quote unquote, expensive tissue for the body. It's not going to prioritize building muscle with the limited supply that it has. Instead, it's going to give that supply to your organs, to just your everyday activity and your hormones and so on before it takes care of the muscle. So, you know, if that is just something to keep in mind, I do have um, clients on occasion where even though we have had that um, conversation initially, then a few weeks into the weight loss phase, they're like, oh, I have just done a body scan and actually my muscle mass has just stayed the same or gone down a little bit. And why is that? I'm training so hard. Like, well, you are an experienced trainee, you have been lifting for five plus years or whatever, and you're wanting to lose fat right now, aren't you? Yes. And we are in a calorie deficit. Yes. Well, so do you see how that's just not feasible? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> right. So that would be if we are starting with a fat loss phase. I would um, advise for a gaining phase first if you're someone who potentially has been dieting for years and your metabolism is really not in an optimal place, needs to be restored anyway and would highly, highly benefit from you eating at least at maintenance or in a surplus um, for some time. And by finally providing your body with sufficient energy as well, um, you are really going to feel an immense difference in your training, in your performance, and you will likely put on um, like nice looking muscle very, very quickly. This is also what I would recommend if you are someone who doesn't have a lot of muscle to expose, whereas, you know, the fat loss phase first, if you're someone who has been training for some time and you kind of feel like, there is some definition, but it's kind of hidden behind fluff. <laughs> then the fat loss phase first um, also lends itself well. But if you are coming more from like an endurancey kind of background or um, just generally there is not that much muscle going on quite yet, um, you would probably just look skinny fat if we started with the weight loss phase. So that's um, what another thing to consider. Um, gaining phase first can also work quite well if you're heading into autumn, into winter, where you're generally wearing more sweaters, you really don't care all that much, uh, or exposing that much skin. And just mentally, that makes it easier quite often. And even here, or here as well, uh, just a small surplus of about 5% or so can absolutely be sufficient. So it doesn't mean, hey, you need to be gaining a ton of weight here. We're talking maybe about a pound a month or so, right? So let's talk about the most, the currently most popular version, at least for lifestyle clients. Um, it tends to be that that people that are in weight sports such as powerlifting or bodybuilding or whatever, obviously they are a lot more okay with these various phases. And um, again, I'll talk about the psychology behind that in a little bit as well. But recomping has gotten a lot of traction in the just general 
fitness community lately. I want to read a quote from a recent article in the Strength and Conditioning Journal um, by Chris Bearcat, a, very, a great study actually just very recent from 2020, and I'll put the link in the show notes. So the quote goes, despite the lack of standardized terminology, building muscle and losing fat concomitantly has been referred to as body recomposition by practitioners, although many suggest that this only occurs in untrained novice and overweight obese populations, there is in fact a substantial amount of literature demonstrating this body recomposition phenomenon in resistance-trained individuals. Moreover, two key factors influencing these ad adaptations are progressive resistance training coupled with evidence-based nutritional strategies. Quote end. <laughs> um, so what does that essentially say? We used to believe that recomping really doesn't work at all for trained individuals or people that have been strength training for some time. He is stating here very clearly that there is indeed a sufficient amount of literature saying that, um, in fact, you can recomp even as a more trained individual. However, there are a few things that really need to be in place. So, firstly, this doesn't work if you are currently at super, super low body fat levels. Again, your body is not going to want to put more muscle mass on and um, it, it's going to prior, want to prioritize just simply um, filling your basic standard needs. It's not going to work if you are constantly sleep deprived, if you are um, basically in a high cortisol, cortisol state all the time. So basically everything needs to be optimized your training, your lifestyle, and of course your nutrition if you want to recomp at maintenance. So again, it sounds really attractive, but so here are the big caveat, but most people don't realize it actually requires a ton of patience because you won't see much under about, let's say half a year time, maybe even longer. Um, and for a lot of people really get demotivated f throughout that time. So they might say, yes, recomping sounds amazing and I don't care. I, I like focusing on the long-term results, blah, blah, blah. But then four or five months in, they're like, I don't see any change. Why am I putting in all this effort? And um, we're not changing my macros at all. This is kind of boring. So you really, 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 really need to be in the right mind space in order to enjoy this. Um, so again, it is possible but the more experienced you are, the more you really need to dial things in from front to end, which likely still means tracking accurately. Would because if you're as soon as you stop tracking accurately, you're probably going to start feeling fluffy, wanting to make any knee jerk reaction, saying, "Ah, oh, I'm actually gaining weight." Well, it's not actually because um, we're at maintenance. It is actually because you're probably eating more than you're thinking, and you really need to be pushing it in your training. You should still be eating 80 to 90 percent whole foods you should still be varying your training not always doing the same thing you should be sleeping well and so on so again it likely feel like nothing is happening for a long time um i will say i was recomping for over two years from about yeah actually over two years from about july 2020 to 2020 
like September 2022, <laughs> so over two years. And I will admit I didn't take a body fat percentage, although I noticeably in pictures and other people um, uh, did change my body composition. Um, now for the last four months, I've been in a gaining phase, which I'm highly enjoying too. And I can totally tell a difference in my mindset. Like during those two years of recomping, I was really saying, hey, I'm focused on my work. I'm focused simply on enjoying life, on traveling a lot. I was obviously still trying to be um, as accurate as I could, always tracking. But my focus was not on every week I'm taking progress pictures, I'm getting obsessed about minor changes in weight or body composition or whatever. In fact, I didn't weigh myself most of the time. Um, so whereas now in a specific gaining phase, you know, I want to keep a tap on my weekly measurements and pictures and weight and so on. So um, yeah, really consider what sort of person you are. And um, I want to read another quote. Um, so from from the same um, from the same article. Despite the common belief that building muscle and losing fat at the same time is only plausible in novice obese individuals, the literature provided supports that trained individuals can also experience body recomposition. Individuals training status the exercise interventions and their baseline body composition can influence the magnitude of muscle gained and fat lost. Resistance training coupled with dietary strategies has been shown to augment this phenomenon. In addition, there seems to be confounding non-training nutrition variables such as sleep, hormones, and metabolism that can significantly influence these adaptations. Thus, coaches and practitioners must self-audit their current approach, determine how they can improve their training and nutritional regime on an individual basis, and implement evidence-based strategies to optimize body recomposition. Quote end. Again, I'll link the beautiful article in the show notes. I can highly recommend reading the entire study. But this just really emphasizes once again that it comes down to the individual, to your current body fat levels, to your training training status, and um, lifestyle factors such as sleep hormones as well. So my advice would be physically, it is probably healthier to try and recomp for the majority of people going in and out of um, dieting phases, even if it's in a structured way can take a bit of a toll on your metabolism, can, um, you know, the bodybuilders per se are really not, even if they look shredded for some time of the year and um, still very defined for other times of the year, um, still this in and out is really not actually the best for metabolism hormones. So just keep that in mind. However, mentally for the majority of people, I will actually say that it is most probably easier to move through progressions in order because again that those more tangible things the shifts in number on the scale and that is what drives a lot of people and it can be very difficult just wrapping your head around the fact that you're kind of doing the same thing for months and months on end more or less without getting much out of it um initially <laughs> um However, again, like I, uh, maintenance is probably healthier. And uh, although like when moving in and out of these various transitions, most women will probably 
not want to spend enough time in the gaining phase because they start getting feeling uncomfortable and want to again knee jerk out of this and say oh no let's move into a cut again so my recommendation very 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 important is pick a periodization and stick with it get a coach or tell others to hold you accountable i always say I, there's not that much of a point going into a gaining phase for anything less than about four to six months, ideally even more if you're like new to strength training, um, you know, four, four six months is, is definitely a good time. The longer you have been strength training already, the longer the gaining phase is likely and beneficial to be. So the recommendations at the end of the study that I had quoted um, are as followed, as follows. Implement a progressive resistance training regime with a minimum of three sessions per week. Tracking of progress and paying attention to performance and recovery can be important tools to appropriately adjust training over time. So write down the weights that you lift. <laughs> Consume at least 2.6 to 3.5 grams per kilogram of fat-free mass, which may increase the likelihood or magnitude of body recomposition. So we can probably kind of dial that down to most people don't know their exact fat-free mass. So I would just say if you stick with 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body, goal body weight, that is a beautiful level of protein. Protein supplements, i.e. whey and casein, may be used as a means to increase daily dietary protein intake as well as a tool to maximize muscle protein synthesis. This may be of greater importance post-workout as a means to maximize the recomposition effects. Another recommendation from the study. Prioritizing sleep quality and quantity may be an additional variable that can significantly impact changes in performance, recovery, and body composition. Those were the three main, uh, sorry, five main recommendations from this study. If you are someone who generally enjoys reading this kind of research, the newest literature, because again, for a long time, it also used to be said, no, you can't recomp if you are a more trained individual. So this is actually pretty newish information. Um, you know, if you like to stay um, up to date with a lot of these things, then we have just started recently our um, connection community where once a week, myself and some other like-minded people we get together online kind of like a coffee chat hangout for an hour or two where we talk about our own nutrition but also the latest research potentially reading certain studies listening to podcasts and then just kind of discussing um our opinions or experiences with either of them it's, if this is something that interests you please reach out and um, would love to have you in the group if you're someone with some pre-existing nutrition knowledge it is a small intimate group so not everybody um can join but um yeah if that's interesting to you or if you're wanting a little bit of assistance and help for your own fat loss phase, gaining phase or recomp of course we'd love to have you in our one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this gave you a little bit of an insight as to how you might want to or have to prioritize and periodize your nutrition in order to reach your desired body composition and shift fat into muscle in an indirect way. <laughs> have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Leave a review. 
or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.